Welcome to Apparently Speaking, the podcast from Northeast Ohio Parent Magazine, with your host, Miriam Connor. Hi, this is Miriam. Welcome to the latest episode of Apparently Speaking, where I'll be talking with director of the documentary Social Animals, Jonathan Ignatius Green. This film is really great. It follows three teenagers and shows the unique challenges and opportunities that social media presents to modern day young people. I'm really looking forward to talking with Jonathan. This episode is sponsored by Lawrence School, where great minds don't think alike. For the one in five children who have learning differences and attention deficits, Lawrence School is a transformative place that removes barriers to learning and unleashes their true potential. As a partner at content agency Conscious Minds, Jonathan writes and directs commercials and branded content for brands like Nike, Uber, Red Bull, and Snapchat. Social Animals, Green's first feature documentary, premiered in competition at the 2018 South by Southwest Film Festival. The Verge called the film a nuanced and judgment-free look at kids in the digital age. The playlist remarked that Social Animals is a well-crafted character study that is essential viewing. A graduate of the American Film Institute Conservatory, Jonathan's documentary and scripted films have screened at various domestic and international festivals, including Barcelona, Cyprus, South by Southwest, and Cannes. Thank you so much, Jonathan, for being here. Welcome to the show. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I was contacted. It was just kind of a, a crazy, you know, interesting story. Um, I was contacted with your um, documentary, and we have a mutual <laughs> mutual contact, and was contacted and said, hey, I think this is something that you really might be interested in, might be a great idea for your podcast. And I was sent the screener of your documentary, and it definitely, right away, I was like, oh, yeah, teenagers, you know, parenting, social media. It was definitely right at my alley. And I first sat down, and I, I had something else I had to do, and I said, you know what, I'll just watch, like, maybe the first few minutes, kind of get an idea, and I'll come back to it. And I... I watched the entire thing right then. I could not stop watching it. <laughs> it was it. so I excellent. I really loved it. It was it's done so well. It was so insightful. It was it was a different slant too than I was expecting. I really liked it because it wasn't all negative. You know, you definitely show that side of it and we'll get into that, you know, the kind of the dangers and the the things to be aware of. But you also showed, hey, it can be positive too if you're careful with it. Yep. Yep. And I really like that. How did you? What, how did you even get the idea? What's? How did this start? Um, well, as you mentioned in the in the intro, um, I'm a partner at a at a marketing agency, a content agency, and we do a lot of work with brands. And a lot of that work that we do is on and through social media. Meaning, we might help Nike, for instance, craft a whole series of images and posts to put on their at Nike Instagram channel. And we've been doing that for a number of years, and Along the way, we've just met a lot of interesting people. We've gotten very familiar with kind of Instagram and social media culture and the influencer culture that sprung up around that um, a number of years ago. And my business partner at one point was like, you know, this is such a fascinating world that it seems like it's, you know, it's such a huge cultural um, influence. It might be interesting to look at it in a longer form project like a documentary. And so we started kind of, you know, flirting with that idea, um, we actually began shooting for the project, and but it had a very different kind of focus. It was actually focused more on kind of self-made photographers that were finding their voice on Instagram, because that's a lot of who we knew and a lot of who we had contact with. But the more we got into it, like you know, this isn't really saying anything or looking in the like looking at this in a fresh way or in the most interesting way we could be looking at it. And so we started to think about 
you know, we craft all these images from a marketing perspective, and usually the demographic we're targeting toward is younger people that are on these platforms all the time, but it's such an integrated part of their lives. What if we looked at the other side of the screen, where they are, what they're doing, how it's part of their lives, and then we began to, to evolve the project into focusing on teenagers. Um, and we had already, you know, I'm sure we'll get into this, but we'd already cast, because we're making a photography documentary, we already talked to this guy Hamza from the project from Queens, who's a teenager but also an influencer. And we're like, wow, a teenage influencer. Like, it's super interesting that this kid who's born in this era could do these things that he would have never been able to do. And so that just set us off on this whole journey to kind of look at that world. So how did you choose your three? So you really, you have other other teens kind of throughout, you know, mixed in, but you really focus on the three. How did you choose those three? Well, like I mentioned, we, we kind of, in making the first kind of version, or as we started out with the photography focus, we've met Hamza, who's a photographer, now, now a kind of, you know, successful commercial photographer, but really got that success while he was still 18 years old because of his Instagram account. And we, we really found him and his friend Demet, who's also in the film, um, because there have been news articles written about the about both of them. Um, Demet, who'd been arrested for trespassing. Right. And, I mean, the the largest, uh, the highest, actually, it's the highest, like, inhabitable floor in New York because it's, even though the building's not taller than the World Trade, the, the top floor is higher than any inhabitable place. So, so he... You know, he kind of been in the news and Hums have been in the news. So that's how we found them. And then we were looking at, um, you know, we're based in Los Angeles. And so we have a lot of um, of a community here and, and different people connected to different spheres here in Los Angeles. And we kind of stumbled upon um, Kaylin, also another influencer as a teenager. She's even younger and had an even bigger following. She was only, you know, 15, 14, 15 when we started shooting with her. And she already had, you know, yeah. 400 plus She's, thousand mm-hmm. followers and more now so, <laughs> yeah more now and our interest in her was just also it's such a an interesting phenomenon to be we thought it was interesting to be kind of becoming a brand in the way that she is while she's becoming a young woman and and kind of looking at those parallel journeys and then i think once we had those two kind of pillar almost like more the exception um examples of teenagers on social media because obviously most teenagers aren't huge influencers right um they were like well we need to balance that with a little bit more of a a a normal case so to speak an ordinary kind of interaction with the platform and how it can still play a big role in people's lives and and we also wanted to balance kind of la new york thing with something middle of the country that's a little more you know down home and like grounded in in kind of a, a lot more people's experiences and we just fortunately found um, Emma, and we were, we put out kind of a question to a lot of our friends and family, like, hey, do you know anybody that works with teens that may have, like, gone through something on social media that would be open to talking to us in our film? We got connected with this um, counselor, and he was, who works with teens, and he's like, actually, this is going to sound kind of weird, but you're describing my daughter. Oh, no and, way. And that was Frank, uh, Emma's dad, and he was like, you know, Emma, you know, she's, a young woman, she's her own person. If you, if she's open to sharing her story, then I'll support her in that. So we got connected with her, and within a few minutes of talking on the phone with her and her being very candid about some of the things that she'd gone through and just the poise and that kind of way she was able to be reflective and vulnerable about it was just immediately, as a storyteller, immediately what you want. So 
within a few weeks, we were on a plane filming with her. We didn't want to miss that opportunity. And, and I think, you know, she obviously had so much to the film and its story. And you'll, you'll get the benefit of getting to meet her soon. Yeah, she's going to be on in the next episode. Um, so that's going to be great, too. How long did you follow them, the three? Well, they, yeah, it varied. And the nice thing is, is that we were able to, you know, on a small independent budget, we didn't have the luxury of, you know, spending years following them around and, and just seeing what happened. And, but the benefit of like these teenagers in this generation is like not only through Instagram, but just generally they're documenting so much of their lives. So we were able to pull a lot of footage and photos, obviously, and, and documentation of their stories from two or three years, even though we only got to spend, you know, a limited amount of time with each of them. Kaylin, we spent the most time with because we're based here in LA and it was kind of the easiest to, to get access to her more frequently, but. But Emma, we knew most of her story was going to be told reflectively, meaning she was just looking back at what had happened and it wasn't so much like living with her for six months and right. what happened. It was more. So we were able to actually shoot with her for only a few days and capture her story. And then with, with Kaylin, it was a little bit more like follow along and see kind of what her life's like. And then, and then Hamza was kind of in between. We knew a lot of his past story, but we spent, you know, only really only a few days with each of them. Okay. All right. Yeah. And so you're, you're doing this and, and I mean, you're, you're young, you're super young too. So you, you know, all the Instagram and all that obviously, but, um, and you interviewed a lot of kids with, you know, different experiences, these three, you know, mainly, but I know you interviewed several other kids too. What like was anything like, what was your biggest surprise? What, what kind of like your biggest like takeaway, like, whoa, you know, maybe about social media in general? Yeah. I mean, it's interesting. I think Probably a lot of it, having read on it a lot and being having been marketing to teenagers for a long time, I would say that I kind of knew a lot of the behavioral things that are, you know, brought out in the film. And so a lot of those behavioral things weren't a big surprise. I think part of it was just the biggest aha moment that was less of a moment. It was more of like a growing as I kind of embedded into their world again and went back to, you know, that high school space that I've kind of forgotten about. <laughs> um, of just like how much is at stake for these teenagers um, on social media and how the sometimes I think as someone who didn't grow up with social media, like I didn't grow up with social Me media. Me either. Um, <laughs> and I think as someone, we often think like, oh, there's maybe not, we might not use this language exactly, but we kind of compartmentalize like, oh, there's the real them, but then there's like the, the kind of digital self and the stuff they do on social media. And we might think of those as two different categories or, you know, sometimes we look at like, oh, well, she's acting this way on social media, but really she's more like this. Mm-hmm. And while I think that dichotomy is somewhat there, inherently they don't think of it that way it's it's just their self you know it's not like oh i'm i'm this person here and i'm this person there it's just who they are and it's being expressed in these two ways and and for them there's also it's just completely muscle memory it's like you know i remember being a a kid in my in the 80s and my 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 older sister being on the phone phone with her boyfriend for three hours and like, why is she on the phone with her boyfriend for three hours like she's gonna see him the next day it's so stupid and um, that's how muscle memory it is for them. And talking on the phone is less so, but just being constantly connected to so many people at once is just how they're, li- it's a, it's honestly a new space in which they're living out some of those big, you know, like important moments of their adolescent lives. 
Right, on social media. And it's just such the norm to them where, you know, like, and I, and I have kids and my, I have a high school or a daughter and she's, you know, on social media. And, and um, yeah, it's just, like you said, like talking on the phone. I remember I did that, you know, same thing with a, a girlfriend or with a boyfriend, you know, with the big long cord, you know, go stretch it into the yeah. closet so no one could hear me. Yeah. And, um, and you know, you're, you're on the phone for hours. So it's like, and I, I'll find my, you know, kind of like I had just a little aha moment when you were just, you know, talking there because I feel like I'm constantly, you know, with my daughter, you know, get off your phone, get off your phone, get off your phone. And she's not on the phone talking, but she's, you know, you're just looking at it, social media, scrolling through or, you know, whatever she's, you know, checking and all that. And first of all, I would have been doing the exact same thing, no doubt. And and I kind of in in a way was with the phone, um, although it was just, you know, one person, but I feel like. I don't know. I kind of think like, well, at least I was, you know, kind of communicating, but this is their way of communicating. But, um, yeah, it's just, it's just so wild to me. And and like you said, you can just the, the persona you could put up if you want or not. And just the constant connection with so many people. Whereas, you know, we had that phone at home (laughs) and it was one person, you know, at a time. I remember getting three-way calling and it was like, oh my goodness, this is amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, someone's clicking in. Exactly. Click, click. Hang on a second. Yes. <laughs> call waiting was like, oh, that was great. My mom would like get off yeah. my case then because she's like, I'm trying to call home for hours, you know. So finally get call waiting. But yeah, it's it's just, I mean, I'm I'm glad that I didn't have it because <laughs> I feel bad. I, I feel there's so much pressure, you know, it, there's a lot that comes with it. So I, I'm glad I didn't have it. And I think... Um, it makes just this whole, it adds this whole other element to parenting. It really does. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. And I think, you know, the difference is, and I, you know, thought a lot about this, obviously, and maybe as much since the films come out as during making it, because it's, you know, starting to play for audiences and getting responses and, and talking a lot about it. And, you know, I think one of the big, you know, while human nature is always the same, like for thousands of years, like it's not, Obviously, culturally, is it, culture shapes it and how it makes it express itself in certain ways that it didn't in other cultures. But, but you know, at bottom, it's really the same. But I think the thing that is new, even comparing it to like the phone, talking on the phone for two or three hours, I do think that behind a screen, it is a kind of this veil of disembodiment. Where on the phone, you're kind of you can still sense when you're talking to somebody on the phone verbally, you can you can sense those nonverbal moments. Like you can, you can hear the pauses in somebody's oh, yeah. voice. Inflection kind of and tone. The, yep. Yeah. The, the vulnerability that might happen or whatever. And I do think that as we, you know, communicate just through screens so much and through images that are highly curated and kind of manipulated in a way that we become less, you know, embodied in our connections. And I think, um, you know, the verdict's still out on what the longitudinal effects of that will be. I mean, certainly a lot of thought leaders have written books and things on that already. But that is the thing that's different. And one of the things that I think, you know, we were trying to look at, not intellectually, but experientially with the film, just let the kids talk about their experience. Yeah. So how, you know, you mentioned, you know, since it's come out, you've you've thought about it even more. So how has it been received? <clears throat> yeah, we had, I mean, we really had a great experience that, the South by Southwest Film Festival where we premiered, we had we had three screenings or in competition in which, you know, there's only 10 films in the documentary competition that are actually, you know, juried. Um, 
And so we were, and we had, you know, three sold out screenings and it was just really great. Uh, and then since then it's been, you know, we've a number of other festivals and then we had our, our, um, iTunes, Amazon, Google play, all that, all the video on demand platforms launch, uh, in December and really started to get it out there to a broader audience. And, you know, for the, by and large, it's been very positive and very, um, exciting to kind of, you know, you work so long, we worked for around three years on the project and to finally put it out in the world and get, let people experience it, which is obviously the point of making it, um, has been super satisfying. And I think the whole, our whole goal with the film was not to like come in and have this heavy hitting, like you should think this about social media, but rather like create something that was hopefully entertaining for audiences, for people of different ages that a teenager would think it was entertaining and interesting. And so an adult or parents or whatever and that it hopefully would stir and not just around conversations around teenagers on social media but all of our behaviors on social media that it would like stir that conversation and help people like be in dialogue more and reflection more about their own behaviors and that by and large has been the response like That's wow this great. really made me think yeah. I had a great conversation with my teenager afterwards you know and so that's been probably even more than a festival. That's been a really kind of satisfying. That's great. I, I definitely would say you definitely, um, you know, you, you hit the mark if that's what you're going for, for sure. Because, you know, like I said earlier in the introduction, it wasn't like, this is, you know, it's bad or it's good or think one way or, you know what I mean, are all the same. The stories are all different. And so they have different outcomes, different, you know, those kids had different experiences and and so it does it's such a conversation starter and reflective piece like you said to even and not just for teenagers and it is something that i mean i loved it and of course teenagers are going to not put that down either and then it does it is a great tool i think even for parents to learn a little bit more about it and to talk with their kids about it you know just a tool hey let's watch this together or watch this and then let's you know can kind of talk about it a little bit get that dialogue going and i love that you said even as adults kind of a reflective like hey you know what we're always kind of like on the kids, but we are, you know, like, I'm like, well, I, I find myself going on it and scrolling around and wasting time, you know, the <laughs> same kind of thing. And then there are good things about it for sure. There are good things about social media, um, that benefit us, um, even in our professional lives and things like that. But, um, it definitely does. It definitely did get me thinking about, you know, my kids, um, now and in the future, you know, with social media and then even, even myself. So I think you've definitely, um, hit the mark. <laughs> For sure. Great. <laughs> For Great. sure. Yeah. yeah. We're going to take a quick break, hear from our sponsor, and then we're going to come back. And I have a few more things I definitely want to talk to you about. So we'll come right back and talk some more with Jonathan Ignatius Green. For the one in five children who have learning differences like dyslexia and attention deficits like ADHD, Lawrence School is a transformative place that removes barriers to learning and unleashes their potential. Serving students in grades K through 12 from more than 80 communities throughout Northeast Ohio, Lawrence School empowers students who learn differently by accepting and affirming the diverse ways they learn, supporting them through their academic journey, and motivating them to excel beyond what they would believe imaginable. The result of these approaches is that students who previously struggled in the classroom are suddenly engaged, motivated, and confident in their ability to be successful learners. Discover the many ways we are reimagining school at www.lawrenceschool.org or by calling 440-526-0717. Lawrence School, where great minds don't think alike. 
All right, and we are continuing our conversation with Jonathan Ignatius Green, director of the documentary Social Animals. So again, thank you so much for being here. I was very much looking forward to this. Um, after I watched it, I was very excited that I got to um, get to talk to you about it. So I have to ask you, first of all, do you have kids? I do, yeah. Uh-huh. And you know the next question. <laughs> well, first of all, how yeah, old are exactly. they? How old are they, first of all? Yeah, we, we started picking a film. My, my oldest... Uh, I have three kids, two boys and a girl, and my oldest, Elijah, was about to become a teenager. Okay. Um, and so it definitely, it definitely was like close to home in terms of trying to understand the world and, and the culture now and, and kind of the, the landscape in which teenagers are navigating, you know, in this era. So do they, or at least your oldest one, does he have social media? He, he's 15 now. Um, he does not have social media, no. Okay. Um, but I, I always hesitate to, like, divulge that because it's certainly... <laughs> Sorry, you didn't have to. <laughs> no, 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 I don't mean it that way. Yeah. You know, a lot of people ask me, like, well, what's your advice to parents? And I'm like, usually it's not it's not prescriptive in a sense of, like, don't let your kids do this. Don't let your kids... Like, I certainly, first of all, I'm no expert in parenting. Um, I'm making it up as I go, as no. most parents are. Um, <laughs> yeah, we all but, are. But I, but I do think, you know, I do think like we've made some, we've created some certain kind of boundaries and and things in in our family that we thought were the right fit for where we're at and where our kids are at and the personalities and the environment and the lifestyle we have. But I certainly don't think that like there's only one way to go about it. Mm-hmm. And I think my my bigger advice to parents is typically like just be aware of what's going on. And that was again part of the impetus for the film is just to. You know, a lot of people like myself that didn't grow up with it, while I might know and I might have a lot of teenagers in my life and, like, see the behaviors, I might not really have gotten to step in their shoes fully. And we're hoping the film allows people to do that and, and to encourage that dialogue like we were talking about. And the biggest advice is just, like, be aware of what's going on and be engaged with what your what your kids are struggling with, which is just kind of, like, Right in general, I like that you said (laughs) you know it's not a prescription, and I I did put you on the spot with that question, but I like that like I said it's not a prescription, and that does go along with everything. What even with your own kids, the way you and I've talked about this on other um, episodes before, what you do with one of your children may not work with the other. You know whether it's discipline or whatever it is, you have to parent a little bit differently. I feel with with each of your kids, depending on on what works, what motivates them, and how they tick, and same with this doesn't mean that if someone has so doesn't mean that no don't let your kids get it or yes let them get it or you know it depends on a lot of things as you know your your kid you know what they're like what what they're you know just just where they are in in life at that time um are they able to handle it and things like that so how old are they just each kid is different so it isn't a prescription and I say like to me if, if they ask to get it I would say this is just my advice, but like, you know, don't say no right away, automatic, like, no, you know, like, like talk about it. You know, why, why do you want it? What do you think what you'll do on it? And those kind of things. And, yep. and if you want it, here is how it's going to work. And like you said, be aware, have some limitations, you know, with my daughter, she has it. Um, but I'm on her accounts. Um, you know, I try to really be aware of what's going on. And we talk about things like that, you know, um, 
Mm-hmm. We talk about other situations, things that maybe have happened that aren't so, you know, kind of kind of unfortunate with other people and how to avoid it. And it's just, um, it's kind of exhausting, the social media piece as, of parenting. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I think if it's not exhausting, you're missing something. Because to, to keep up with it and the ever-changing, you know, of it. And, you know, if you have a kid that wants to be, you know, kind of squirrely with it, they can. So it is exhausting, but it's worth it. Yeah. If they're going to yeah. have it. No, I agree. Yeah, I agree. And I'm definitely, my oldest is like, he really wants Instagram. Like, oh. really, really bad. <laughs> He's like, Dad, you made a movie about it. <laughs> I know. I'm like, yeah, did you see the movie? <laughs> exactly. Um, um, no, but he, yeah, he um, he actually sat next to Hamza at the premiere. Oh, um, cool. And my son's into skateboarding and stuff and, and, and photography. He's really into photography. And so he's like, he, he, he's like, yeah, I just want Instagram. I want to post my pictures. And I was like, okay, we'll talk about it. We'll talk about it. Right, right. Um, and, you know, just because, like I would say, like, just because you have it doesn't mean you get to keep it. Yeah. So you have yeah. to make sure, you know, they're they're being responsible with it and things like that. And it's hard, too, because maybe they're fine with it, but then it's everybody else. <laughs> what are some other people posting or doing or yeah. saying that you don't want them, you know, to be a part of? And then maybe it's not them. So it, like I said, it's a lot to take into, you know, in consideration. So waiting is not going to hurt him. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, and I sound like such an old guy. When I say it, but it's like, you know, my, my childhood wasn't incomplete without it. You know, right. I just won't be either. Um, exactly. He'll have it eventually. Yeah, exactly. The cat's out of the bag. And yeah. An eventuality, so holding off no longer won't hurt. I do. I think one of my biggest like reservations sometimes about kids getting it at certain ages is just that they, you start to. There's so much identity formation and growth and development going on in this age and in this stage of life anyway, in middle school and early high school, and and you know, like one of the characters says in the film that we interviewed. Um, it gives you this like rating scale of how you're doing, like how your life measures up to other people's lives. And that's literally the, his quote. I thought it was so reflective and kind of daunting, but I, it's like, it can become this kind of scorecard and we're already, you know, as human beings, but especially in that stage of life, we're already so wired to compare ourselves to other people and to start to even let other people's opinions of ourselves become our opinions of ourselves. And, I think the, you know, social media is the such, it's such a powerful tool and to have like all these little micro connections to people, all these little feedback, this little bit of feedback from all these different people, like so much, um, in one day. And it's just like taking all those little moments that before social media would have taken like a week or two to have like all these little interactions with friends and get their affirmation or their opinions on things are now happening just, you know, 10 X, right. Um, the speed. And part of it is just like wanting to keep the develop, like keep things a little slower in that development and not, and also just like, and embodied, not just like, Oh, I'm counting how many likes I get. And I'm starting to associate Yes. And and that's a real thing. Right. I, I'm, Oh, I feel so good because, you know, I got so many likes and I've heard a lot of teenagers say that like, Oh, you know, so many people liked, and even as an adult, 
you know, I'll find myself like, oh yeah, oh wow, a lot of people like, you know, or this person like, and it's, then I'm like, what? Like, and, or I'm going to, you know, make sure I like this, you know, of this person or whatever. And you do it like me as an adult, just because I do like it or that's cute, you know, or whatever. But it is, it's weird. Cause you know, I'm thinking as an adult, if I can go like, oh, yay, you know, a little bit inside myself if I'm being, you know, full disclosure, then as a, as a middle school or high school student who, you know, their brain isn't even fully developed and, uh, you know, all these other yeah. things are going on, of course they're going to be, like, kind of obsessed with that, some of them. You know, that it would happen so yep. easily, so easily. And I want to get as many likes and as many followers. And, you know, I know, I know um, you know, some high school girls where their, their account is public and that's their and that's up to them and their parents but you know and it's like why it's like well because they want to get as many followers as they can and again it depends what your goal is and you know their pros and cons but yeah I'm like you just got to be careful there or why is that so important yeah no totally and I think yeah it is yeah it is interesting and I but it almost makes a I mean, we, we kind of talk about it in the film a little bit, or it's talked about in the film a little bit, this idea of, like, making a brand of yourself. And I think it's almost like getting all that data, and it's even said by a couple of the teams in the interviews, that it's almost like you're you're getting almost the market research on your identity. Um, you're getting yeah. the focus group on how well you're doing. And, and one of the thesis going into making the film is that, we now through social media kind of have the arsenal or the vocabulary of marketing as a way to think about ourselves. And how does that change? Because with social media, you're always kind of marketing yourself, even if you're not using it for actual business, but you just to your friends, to your peer group, you're kind of like saying, Oh, look at my life. It's, it's so good. And things are going well. And I look really pretty or really good looking in this way. And, and I got to do this cool activity. And you're always kind of sharing everything that you're doing with, all of your peer group at once as a way to say like, I'm successful. Things are good with me. And I, I think that when you're thinking first about that, and again, not everybody struggles with this, but I do think the platform can kind of seduce one to be thinking about that more than they're thinking about kind of the quiet reflection things of their own identity that are, um, you know, that might be more fruitful to them. I totally agree. I mean, I feel like, yeah, that's why, like, you know, as a parent, you just really have to have a handle on it and, and really kind of watch for those things and talk. Like, I'll even see, and my daughter will be mad because I keep mentioning her, but, you know, and, and she does this just innocently, but, like, and she, she gets irritated because I always get irritated when she does this, but she'll put up, like, hey, I'm going to get I'm gonna get some new, you know, shoes. Which ones do you like? And she does this poll, and I'm like, why are you doing that? You pick the ones that you like, not the ones that, you know, everyone else likes the best. And we're that they all do it, you know, and she's like, Mom, it's just, you know I mean? It's just something we do. I just want to see which ones people like, you know, but I'm like, Ah, uh, yeah. just you pick the ones you like. <laughs> it doesn't matter, you know, what they all think. And to them, they're like, what's the big deal? Like, we're just, and I, I think, and honestly, like, if, if she was going shopping with six of her friends, exactly. they'd all be looking at clothes and they'd all be going like, oh, which ones do you like? And You're right. see nothing wrong with it. But I do think that it is the scale at which, because she could literally have 40 people weigh in on that, not that she probably would. Oh, yeah. Still. Oh, no, they all, you know, say, which is fine, but. Yeah, and I think it it is interesting how something that's supposed to be so so much about self expression um, actually ends up kind of pushing us into a conformity of the the peer group that's following us. 
um, we want to be successful with them and we want to, yeah. you know, get the thing that's going to be most popular. Or whatever got the most likes, I'm going to kind of mimic that again. Yeah. You know, I'm going to do posts similar to those. And I agree. It's totally true. You said earlier that adults do it too. It's like, <laughs> I do it. Like, I just got a photo that got a hundred likes. Oh my God. See, that's what I mean. Like, if we can, as adult, you know, and you're, you know, intelligent, you know, confident, successful, you know, but you do get that little bit of a rush, like, oh, so for kids, it's cute. It's huge. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it is something about, again, like, and part of, you know, the title of the film is Social Animals, borrowing from the uh, Aristotle quote that man is a social animal. I do think we're, we're wired to be social, and there's nothing wrong with, like, seeking the affirmation of our friends and being aware of how we fit into a community, not just being on an island of our own identity, but kind of seeing how that fits into a context. All of those things I think are wired in us and are good, but just like anything, it's about finding the balance of that. If our identity is so much about what you think of me and not so much about who I know right. I am. You're um, right. It's and, it's a, and it's about that balance. And I think the takeaway for me of this whole experience making this film and kind of diving into this world for a few years and really thinking about it and being a parent at the same time is, is that like so many things in life, especially things that are powerful, um, it's about finding a balance with them. It's not that doing it at all is bad and it's not that not doing it all would be bad necessarily either. It's finding that place where you can have, you know, health, mental health, and and just healthy health in your person and in your relationships with this thing that's so powerful. I I love it. I think it's awesome. Um, how can we learn more about it? How can uh, people find it? Because I really think everyone needs to watch it. <laughs> um, well, our website is is just socialanimalsfilm.com, and there's info about the film there and you can even we're doing a whole like effort to do like community screenings because we've had schools and churches and um, community groups reach out and say hey we'd love to screen the film and do a talk back afterwards and so there's not there's uh way to do that and and schedule that kind of thing as well from our website and then it there's also just a button on our website but you can also just go directly to itunes um in the documentary section because there are other films that have the same name so just the the doc in the documentary section just search social animals and it'll come right up or on Amazon as well. So okay, that's awesome. Do you think you would do a social animals part two? <laughs> I don't know. You know, we've actually, um, yeah, we've actually entertained doing a couple of things that are kind of related to it more on like a docu series, like a show. But um, but I don't know. I, I we've got our eyes on a lot of different yeah. stories we want to tell. Good. Yeah. Well, I hope you do. Well, thank you so much. It was great having you here. I could really kind of just talk to you much longer. <laughs> I'm like, oh, it went too fast. Um, it was, yeah, it was, yeah, it was really fast. Topic, it was really, yeah. really fun and very interesting to talk to you. The the documentary Social Animals. It's very well done. It's very insightful. I think it's something great for teenagers to watch and parents even together. And like you said, I love that um, some schools and churches, you know, communities are kind of watching it and then talking about it after I think that's I think that's wonderful so I'm really glad so congratulations on it and thank you so much for for making that film and thank you so much for for being on the show 
Thank you for having me. Thank you, Jonathan. This episode has been sponsored by Lawrence School, where great minds don't think alike. For the one in five children who have learning differences and attention deficits, Lawrence School is a transformative place that removes barriers to learning and unleashes their true potential. Discover more at lawrenceschool.org. Thank you for listening to Apparently Speaking. Listen and subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, and Podbean. Find the podcast and much more at northeastohioparent.com. Like Apparently Speaking on Facebook and email any comments or suggestions to podcast at northeastohioparent.com. 